We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Light Years Podcast. Before we start today's episode, I want to let you all know we are going to have Jonathan Wasserman on Monday's episode, which will be previewing the G League bubble. For so, for those of you who are curious about uh, Jonathan Kuminga, Jalen Green, and you know who the Warriors are going to potentially take with the Wolves pick, that'll be an episode for you. Um, Beyond that, we're all we're going to continue potting three times a week, and we're going to try to hit all angles of the Warriors season. But we got to start here, Andy. Warriors go small and look like the explosive offense we always knew they could be. Uh, two things that they look like: they look like the classic Draymond at the five that we've seen for years, and then Sam, they look like the we believe. Warriors, uh, Chris Dapps playing the role of Dirk, um, except Dirk is actually amazing and Chris Dapps is pretty freaking soft, but that's kind of, it's what it looked like out there tonight. We're going to talk more about the Mavericks game later in this podcast. We are potting with Blue Wire's very own Mavericks podcast, the uh, Step Back Mavs. So I don't want to get into the game details just now, but um, yeah, I think the big picture item here is Warriors go small and Draymond looks like Draymond again, like the player we know him to be, the player we haven't always seen this season. A little out of necessity. Steph, did did he even play in the fourth quarter? I don't think he did. No, he didn't. And, um, I mean, it's a pretty mediocre bunch across the board in terms of, (laughs) um, I mean, just be real, like Mulder, Damian Lee, shout out 40-piece Kelly Oubre or as I like to call him, Kelly Uber um, and, and all that. But, you know, it's just like when you space things out around Steph and Draymond, it's very hard to beat. I'm curious to see if that was because Draymond's healthier uh, because he had a few dunks tonight that looked weird and out of sorts, he, but it he looked did nice. look a little more explosive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or was it because he's playing in a situation that's better for him, right? Both against the, the Mavs that are on a back-to-back and, and then on a team that's where he's the five because him at the five is, is better. And, and Juan Toscano Anderson is has very good basketball IQ, right? So that makes his life easier. Juan Toscano Anderson, like a plus 26 tonight or something like that. And, and that's – it makes life easier when you're playing with smart players. Even though, you know, JTA can't shoot, at least – you don't think he can, Sam. Maybe he actually can. But, right, like, so So I think it's a combination of all of that. I'd be interested to see if that's who he is going to be now, you know, especially if guys like Wiseman and Looney are going to come back. So, but, but like, amazing, amazing stuff that I personally did not see coming because Draymond looked, you know, he's good on defense, but 
like this type of energy that he's providing on offense tonight was uh, it looked like 2019 Portland Blazers um, Western Conference Finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, we'll talk about the game a little later, but I think the most interesting conversation to have right now is it's something I've been seeing coming up on social media. Um, it's probably related to the fact that LaMelo Ball might be the front runner for rookie of the year. If he's not the front runner, Tyrese Halliburton is. Both of these are players that the Warriors looked at. Halliburton was a guy we were told the Warriors liked for all the reasons he's showing. And LaMelo Ball was the player that everyone kind of, even the Warriors said might be the most talented player in the draft, but the Warriors didn't want to take. Um, both of them fit the perimeter wing playmaker role. And Wiseman is a big man. And it just brings up the question, did the Warriors make a mistake there? Because I know who the best big man on the Warriors roster is. It's Draymond Green. I know who the one of the best big mans for the Warriors run is. It's Draymond Green. And it's weird that the Warriors went with the quote-unquote traditional big when they were playmakers who kind of fit what made the Warriors famous available. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna give you a bailout answer. Who, who the hell knows? Like it's been it's been like it's been like two weeks since the NBA draft happened. Like I, we have no idea whether it's gonna be a bad choice. Sam, I guess I am more annoyed by the fact that it feels like there's a definitive response to whether that's the right choice or not. Okay, that's the worst part of this because to me, Lamelo Ball ain't winning you a championship this season. Lamelo Ball ain't winning you a championship next season. If for some reason Lamelo Ball is the reason. If he suddenly becomes Luka Doncic, right, or 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 LeBron James or whatever. He's averaging 13, 6, and 6, reasonable efficiency. The efficiency is shocking me, to be honest. <laughs> uh, the feel is amazing, but it's like same with Halliburton, but though those are things you probably knew already. People probably knew already. But it's like, okay, so those guys are better than Wiseman, you can argue, today and tomorrow and next season. But are those guys helping you win a championship? Like, I don't know, like, are those guys helping you win a championship more than James Wiseman next season? Can you say that for sure? I don't think so. And it feels like there's this response that's so obvious that that's the case. I think is the, is what I'm most annoyed about. So one thing I'll say is I'm also out on this. I'm not sure. Um, but I do, it feels like another one of those did the Warriors try to outsmart themselves type of things? And that's really what's moving the anger here. End of the day, I think we both agree what wins a championship is having a bunch of players with perimeter skills who can also defend. Wiseman obviously has the tools to defend, right? And he has growing perimeter skills. So for me, what's going to be more interesting is what he develops to become over time. Because if you're telling me Wiseman is going to become an elite rim protector who can hit threes at a consistent rate, like he's going to be Chris Bosh on offense and go bear on defense. I, I, you know, LaMelo may end up being better than that, but it's hard to call that a mistake, right? Like if that's where he ends up, it, that's hard to call a mistake. Now, if he goes the DeAndre Ayton route where you're like, he's fine. He's totally fine. He's a good player. I, you know, I'd like to have DeAndre Ayton on my team, but the guys who go after him are like lead perimeter stars. That's where I'm like, what are right. you doing? And I feel like people are kind of jumping the shark on this one because LaMelo looks amazing. He really does look, he looks so much better than I ever thought he would look, to be honest. Um, and it's not just the passing. I knew he could pass the ball. It's like he's got a lot of energy in the margins. He plays a lot of defense, that sort of stuff. That's the stuff I didn't see coming. He also plays on a team that's just going to let him do whatever he wants. Like no, part he doesn't. Of like, no, like he part doesn't. Of, he like hasn't part of, started till a couple yeah, days. Yeah, but he still has the ball in his hands. He could still do whatever he wants. Like he's not playing for a team that wants to win a championship or like wants to at least make the playoffs. Like every time James Wiseman makes – Every time they make a mistake, every time James Wiseman makes a mistake, the Warriors fans are all over him. You don't think LaMelo Ball makes mistakes? Like, I think there's this vision where it's like LaMelo Ball is playing well, so everything he does must be amazing. Like, I don't, like, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like, he's not, James Wiseman is not a perfect player, but there's this thing where it's like, 
well, he's not going to help him win a championship this season or next season. So, you know, what's the point? Guess what? Same thing with LaMelo. Like, it, it, it doesn't freaking matter. Um, like, you're trading both guys for Bradley Beal if, if, they're, if, they're, if that's going to happen, right? Like, if you really want to go down that route. And then the other thing is, like, the Warriors didn't want to draft Anthony Edwards and they didn't want to draft LaMelo Ball. That's the problem. Like, yeah, like, uh, I, I guess you can be mad at that. You know, I have nothing to say there. Like, I, 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 you know, probably right. If you want to be mad at that, you're probably right. So that that's my thing. Yeah, they they're making. I'm not ready to say anything about any of these rookies. Like, I need to give them like three years. Like in 2023, 24, mm-hmm. we can start having an honest conversation. Like, we we just watched the Warriors play the Mavericks. Mavericks are having an awful season, but. I think we can definitively say taking DeAndre Ayton instead of Luka Doncic was a mistake. There's no way around that, right? Like, it, there, you can't spin to me that DeAndre Ayton's so much better rebounding and defending that it's worth taking him over Luka Doncic, right? But we're, that's year three. We, we know by then. The, the, the Warriors were dealing with Wiseman in year one through 20 some games it's a little insane to to talk about that stuff yet but for me it is interesting the warriors in my it from everything i could tell did not want to take Lamelo or anthony edwards for non-basketball reasons yeah which I means yeah. which means they better develop james wiseman because in my opinion wiseman has a chance to be an excellent continuous um sorry not continuous now Sound like kind of um, <laughs> to be like, like a perennial all star, yeah. But they have to develop him because he's very raw. There's no other way around it. It's very obvious he played three college games two years ago and hasn't like played competitive basketball. That's fine. You can't control that. It's going to take time. But to me, it's it's about will he um, will they be able to develop him because. What I'm seeing in this draft is it's not as bad as people were saying, and there will be some very good NBA careers that went after two, and that is what matters. Can they can they develop James Wiseman to where he needs to go? Yeah, I mean, I I agree. The 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 I was in on Lamelo pre-draft, and then I was out on Lamelo. Lamelo, excuse me, Lamelo, and then I was in again. You know, I was kind of back and forth on Lamelo. A lot of the problems for me was the shooting. Um, when I was watching, which doesn't look as bad as I thought. It's yeah, not, it's not great, but it's Vic- not like broken either. Vassini did come on our podcast and did say like his shooting is not exactly broken. You know, our, our listeners yeah. know this; they listen to the pod. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like it, it's been better than expected. But I just like what you're gonna win, like Sam. They're gonna win it. They're gonna beat the Lakers. You know, this season or next season with Lamelo in the starting five. Like, man, if you could tell it's, me that, it's then not, they it's probably not, it's not about mistake. that. It's for me. It's but about no, but that's what I'm player. saying. That's what people yeah. are saying. That's the problem. That's what people are saying, and that's what the annoying part is. And 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 then maybe that's okay, just Twitter. Say, maybe I, I'm just yelling at Twitter. Yeah, yeah you're probably maybe, yelling at Twitter. Maybe. Um, I'm gonna for, stop. For me, know. all that matters is that in three years we think James Wiseman was the correct pick and not yeah. like, oops, oops. We, uh, you know, well, just, I mean, LaMelo's interview is bad. How can you blame us? Like, like what we really don't need is them to pull the Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers card. Like, well, it's like, well, James Wiseman held the door for mm. his mom and, you know, he spoke Mandarin. Like, <laughs> like that's really what it comes down to, but I, I don't think we're going there. I think James Wiseman is going to be really good. And Tonight's game actually that's a great comp. That's a great comparison. Reaffirmed what I want to say about James Wiseman, which is I think he can shoot the ball. I think everything about him is going to come back to if he can shoot the ball. Tonight was an example of why his shooting is the most important development for him. I feel pretty confident he's going to be a good defender. Like it might take him a two years, but I think yeah, he's yeah, good. Yeah. He's got the length and he's more has confident than me. You're more confident than me, but you're right. He, wa- he right. wants, he wants to defend. That's he has fair. too much athleticism to not That's be fair. like at least above average given his physical tools. Um, but as we saw tonight, you space it out around stars and it's unguardable. Imagine what Stefan Draymond can do if Wiseman is credibly guarded from 25 feet, you know, because yeah. then you can go both ways. It's like Wiseman is the dive man monster Wiseman popping. Well, you got to guard him. And now, you know, it's, it's like one of those things, right? 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, I just watch it. We're going to get into this, but just watching Chris Stapps tonight, just, I, it makes me hate the way basketball is being played at, to- <laughs> at times. I don't know. Am I old school? I don't know. Am I Steve Kerr? I don't know. Like, my, like get your ass in the, you like, what are you doing, man? Like, and he made five threes tonight, right? Chris Stapps was good on offense tonight. And, and Wiseman is already a better defender today than Chris, ba- Chris Stapps ever was. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I have, you know, I have a bigger issue with the fact that Chris Stapps looks like he might or, be injuries though. Yeah, yeah. He already yeah. looks like he's washed with the knee injuries. That's bad like, for the guy. Yeah. That's, that's my bigger issue, but it's like, if you're telling me he can do the, um, the Chris Bosch thing on offense where it's like, he's going to pop and hit shots, but he can also dive hard to the rim. I'll take that. Well, yeah. Well, the thing, well, the thing with Chris Bosch is he had the in-between and he had the dribble drive. He had the post up. He had all of it right with Wiseman. It's like, he has none of that right now. <laughs> like, like I don't even, I don't trust any part of his offensive game outside of dunking. And even then it's like, can he catch the ball? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty low on the offense, but yeah, I mean, the defensive tools, like they're, they're, they're there. The, the athleticism is there. The thing is, Sam, I'm not even that high on Wiseman right now, but it's just, it's so I'm early. higher than you. Yeah. yeah. But it's just so early. Like I'm, I'm absolutely okay with them doing it because it's the problem is not that these other players are better than him right now. The problem is you're arguing they should just trade it that, that I we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging. So you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think that's like, that's not the issue is not whether LaMelo Ball is better than Wiseman. The issue is like, it doesn't matter. Then you trade him if that's really what you care about. Right. If, if, if it's not that, then like I'm with you, then you wait, then you wait two years, you wait three years and see where they're at. And by then, like, you know, he Wiseman is going to be a taller miles Turner with a handle. Like that's a pretty damn good NBA player. Um, is what I, I, I agree is. with you. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that. Now we're going to get to our conversation with step back Mavs pod about the Dallas Mavericks game. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash lightyears now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash light years and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash light years. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. And we are back. We are doing a little cross pod. This is Samus Fandiari and Andy Lou with Light Years. We are doing cross pod with. Mav step back, Dalton Trigg and Matt Gal. Matt, how do I say your last name? It's- I apologize. <laughs> it's, it's Galatson. It's okay. Uh, you know nobody, what? Nobody like of all people, 
of all people to not get someone's last name right, especially like I'm I'm very sympathetic to that because no one gets my last name right. So I feel right. bad. I, I was feel... about to say, I can't pronounce your name either. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Dalton, let's start there. We, we have, I think the main take from this is this was a tribute game to Don Nelson. We, uh, we both grew up with Nelly coaching our favorite teams. So nothing more fitting than what was the final score? Like 180 to 170, something like that. A lot to a little. <laughs> 147 to 116. Uh, and, you know, Matt and I, we were talking about before we came on here too, the fact that that was the final score after the Mavs led 76 to 74 at halftime is just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just unreal. Uh, I, I just, I can't believe that, that this Mavs team showed such little pride, uh, especially with the way they've been playing now. This is the third game uh, that they've had everybody available for them. And uh-huh. I just – I don't know, man. Uh, it was very can deflating. We, but like you said, it was a tribute to Don Nelson, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Can, can we start there? I'm a, I'm a little – so I kind of didn't get down on the Mavs when they had a slow start considering, uh, you know, they were in the bubble and everyone except for Luca had COVID and, uh, they, they had, you know, so I was kind of figuring they'd come around, but like just watching them tonight, like it doesn't look like they're moving in the right direction. Like they're, I, I, I had them firmly in the playoffs and now I'm wondering if they're going to be a playoff team at this point, I guess I want to start with asking you guys where you're at with this team. Like how down are you on them? Are they real? Are you, are you, is it time to blow the roster up in some way or where are you at? Well, I'll I'll take it from here for a minute. (laughs) Uh, I was, I was one of the, the ones who was, I was kind of on your side here for a long time. Like I thought that they were going to, eventually figure this thing out once they got everyone back and yeah it's three games and they they don't you know they're still kind of out of sync but I think it's more than that I I think it's there there's something else going on and that's kind of what we talked about in the beginning of our of you know our section of the pod was we we don't know what's happening they look unmotivated they they look you know despondent they it just it doesn't look like the team we've seen um you know with with Luca at the helm. I mean, even when they were bad with Luca, they still looked like they wanted to play. I mean, you kind of and we talked about this too, but it's like with Rick Carlisle, you kind of wonder if his message just isn't resonating with these guys anymore. I was going to ask not that. saying that Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not saying that he's a bad coach or anything. It's just I don't huh. think I don't think that it's resonating with them anymore. And it's, it's not fair for Rick to take all that criticism because the front office has done such a bad job, you know, surrounding Luca these last oh, couple now of we can seasons, have, Now we but, can have some synergy. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I do worry that uh, that these guys just aren't listening or that what, they're not applying what Rick is preaching at this what, point. What is Rick trying and – I, and I asked this, guys, because I'm now I'm very curious because is it is it a – is it a – Rick's philosophy versus what's, you know, the trends in the NBA today. Is it that type of thing? Like, what, what is it that they're not trying to, what is it that isn't making sense? Because you're right. These guys look like they didn't really want to play tonight, even though it was a back-to-back. I mean, even I mean, regardless of that, it's a back-to-back. They look like they didn't in, want In my opinion, I think it is a philosophy thing because they, they wanted to add defense this offseason, but I think they overcorrected a little bit. You know, they, they overcorrected, and now Rick is, uh, you know, the philosophy, it's like they're trying to play like that same team that had the historic offense last season, but it's just not happening. <laughs> you know, they, mm. they got hot in the first half of this game tonight, and they got a little bit of confidence. So, yeah, they're going to keep shooting all these threes, and then they came back to earth in the second half, and you saw the results. <laughs> got outscored by 30-plus in the second half. So, I think part of it is a philosophy thing, but then just from a just from a general motivation standpoint, you know, I mean, uh, Matt and I talked about this. It happens in all sports. You know, eventually certain guys just kind of run their course uh, where they're at, and I just I worry that that time's getting closer for for Rick. So, wow, wow, That's for a guy, yeah, for a guy that we thought, I mean top five head coach, you know, top, and again, top 10 at least. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that, Andy. I, I, I fully agree with that. I just, you know, there's going to be a scapegoat at some point, And I just don't know if the Mavs front office is going to be willing to, to take that blame, you know, is, is Luca, does Luca have a Trey Young problem too? I'm watching a little bit of this because we, we love Steph over here, unshockingly. And one of the, <laughs> one of the cool things about Steph is that guys love playing with Steph, right? So is, and, and Trey Young, it's, there's been reports this season where guys don't like playing with Trey. Uh, how about and Luka? it's also like the James Harden thing where it's just yeah. like the ball's always in their hands. And, you know, it's not always fun for guys to play with a guy who literally thinks he's a quarterback, you know? I don't, I don't yeah. think that's necessarily the case. No. Okay. Um, but I mean, it, it could be, we, we, we don't know that for a fact, but I, I think it's more that um, they're, they just, they just don't, they just don't look like they want to be on the floor as a team. It doesn't, it, I don't think it has anything to do necessarily, necessarily with Luca. I mean, they, they, I guess they kind of have to say it during the off season and during practices and stuff, how much they love playing with him and how much he makes them all better. But I mean, it's it seems to me well, be, from being in the building over the last couple of years that they do have a real camaraderie and they like playing with him. They like being around him. I just think that it's it's more like what Dalton said about Rick's thing running its course. I mean, it I liken it to Andy Reid and the, and the Eagles and then going to the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it just it ended and maybe it's time for right. it to end for Rick. So I want to I, I want to bring us to the Warriors real quick, if you guys don't mind. Um, one thing I noticed from the Mavs tonight, and they shot the ball reasonably well, forty uh, percent, twenty for fifty. You'll you'll take that most nights from three. Um, yeah. But like you guys, uh, for the season, worst three point percentage, and but but it's not stopping the team from shooting them. That's for sure. Um, I'm wondering if you guys are running because like with the Warriors, we've been running into this issue where Steve Kerr has prioritized playing defensive length over shooters. It didn't not tonight. You know, tonight we got a healthy dose of uh, Michael Mulder and Damian Lee, both of whom I would describe as limited players, but really good shooters. Right. Like, you know, they're not going to get a defensive stop for you, but they'll they'll hit their threes if they're wide open. Like the, the Seth Curry type of player where you're like, okay, Seth isn't as all around good as Josh Richardson, but the thing he's good at is a very important skill. Um, yes. I'm wondering, are the Mavs running into that same issue where it's kind of like, I don't want to call it a math problem because that simplifies it too much, but it's like, if you're just chucking threes and no one on your roster is an elite marksman. It, it's just, it, it starts leading to guys, you know, head slunking. Like we dealt with this all like tonight's a bad example because Kelly Oubre apparently turned into Kevin Durant, <laughs> but, uh, but like <laughs> Typical. For most of the season, but most of the season, Kelly Oubre has been like, you know, he's letting it fly, but it's like, he ends the game one for five. He ends the game you know, two for seven from three, that type of stuff where you're just kind of like, it, it's, it's bad. And it, it gets back to the overall roster building of both teams where it's like, you, you might think you might be overcorrecting with the defense thing where it's like, you know, you can have all the defense in the world. If no one can put the ball in the hoop, guys just stop defending after a certain period of time. Yeah. And I mean, Part of the problem is, and that, that goes back to what I talked about earlier about the the philosophy needing needing to change a little bit because you don't have Seth Curry anymore, and that trade is so far looking like a steal for the Sixers. They're sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference standings, and Seth's been incredible. I think he's shooting right at eight hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's been amazing for them. And you know, Josh Richardson, I think he's a 30 what is he a 35 percent career three-point shooter and he's shooting like 28 percent right now uh kp he's in that 28 percent range shooting three so uh two of the main guys that are supposed to be giving uh luca a little bit more help in that regard they're just they're not uh they're not doing it so far and that's really hurt but i want to touch on what you mentioned earlier sam about you know whether players don't like playing with luca I don't think that's the case either because, I mean, he does handle the ball a lot, but 
he's probably, I mean, nobody else on the team can really create for themselves other than maybe Jalen Brunson. So, I mean, he kind of has to have the ball a lot when he's out there and he still creates a ton of Matt. And I've talked about this so many times this year that it's getting redundant, but you know, if, (laughs) if guys hit wide, not just any shots, wide open shots, Luca would be averaging about 13 or 14 assists per game. <laughs> I mean, that that's how many wide open shots he generates uh, during a game, and guys just cannot hit them, whereas last year they probably would have. So, Absolutely. So I, I want to ask you guys um, – I want to I bring this back to the Warriors a little bit. So you guys probably haven't watched as many Warriors games as us. Um, what were your impressions of what you saw? Are you more like – oh, damn, Steph's still really good, or is it more of a, God, the Mavs looked really depressing tonight type of situation for you? It was it was both for me personally, but, you know, I, I knew early this season when everybody was saying, oh, Steph looks washed and everything, I knew that wasn't going <laughs> to – that wasn't going to – Hold yeah, up, because good, good man, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have potted with you if you answered that. No, no, Steph, Steph is amazing. I we always figure it's going to be a long night when he gets going, but it was Kelly Oubre tonight, which <laughs> makes it even more depressing. Oh, so I can't imagine. And honestly, it and it it makes us depressed because you know it's like the next game he's going to go over ten again. And we've seen this show. This is our first Kelly Oubre rodeo. So we, we came into the season kind of expecting Oubre to be like what his numbers said he'd be. Turns out he's just like, he's, he, I call him GameStop. You know, one day he's, one day he's eight for 10, the next day <laughs> one for 10. Like you just yeah. never know what you're getting out of it. It's guy. Harrison yeah. Barnes. <laughs> no, yeah. well, no Andy, I wish he was Harrison Barnes, sure. honestly. Who, by the way, is weirdly having an amazing year. And yeah, uh, right. we, we both, uh, we both had our rodeos with Harrison Barnes. Oh, uh, that's what you meant. I got it. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say the, the the Harrison Andy, Barnes tenure with the Warriors didn't end well, and I don't think it did with the Mavericks either. So, and Andy, uh, going back to Ubre, and you know, saying that you expected more just judging by his numbers, his numbers are inflated by the times he beats the Mavs in previous years <laughs> because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's with the Suns or if, if he's with the Wizards. It doesn't matter. Kelly Ubre kills the Mavericks every time he really? plays. Really? <laughs> wow. He's your guy's Will Barton. Yeah, I was going to develop a term <laughs> that we like to call uh, versus Mavs All-Star. Okay. And yes. It, there's a few of them around the league. Kelly Oubre is one of them. Uh, DJ Augustine is another. Uh, just it doesn't matter how good their team is, what they're doing that year, they will come in and score 30, 40 points. I'm, the I'm, definition, looking his, I'm looking up his numbers versus Dallas, and this checks out. Yes. <laughs> the, de- the definition of a versus Mavs all-star is a guy who severely outperforms his season averages against the Mavs. And that, that was, that was by the definition what happened tonight. And it's been consistent throughout his career. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I feel like the, the versus Warriors all-star is, is Will Barton. Like Will Barton, he's a good player, <laughs> right? You know, fine player. Against right. the Warriors, I swear to God, he it's 30 every time or something ridiculous. And it's not just like he's hitting open shots. It's like runners off one foot with two hands in his face type of 30s. Rodney right. Stuckey used to be up there. <laughs> yes. Rodney Look, go, and uh, Sam, going back to the just the game tonight and how depressing it was from Arian, what added to it was, you know, you, you guys had nine players available. And, you know, you didn't have one center on the roster. You know, James Wiseman was out. Uh, I don't think you'd consider Pascal, Pascal no. a, a, a center, but he was out. Uh, who else is out? Oh, Looney. Looney's out, um, yeah. So Smiley Geach. Yeah, Smiley Geach. The, yeah, <laughs> the fact that the Warriors were so uh, um, undermanned themselves made it even worse, but – I mean, I, I'm curious to get both of you guys' thoughts on uh, James Wiseman so far because I've only watched, you know, a couple of games where I've really uh, focused on him, and I've been really impressed with what I've seen so far. I'm, I'm interested to get we, y'all's thoughts ooh, on him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, now actually, here. Yeah. we were actually potting on him earlier because um, anytime another rookie has a big game, it's like yeah. a referendum yeah. on, on James Wiseman. <laughs> and, like, particularly it's been LaMelo Ball, who's been – I don't know if he's been the best rookie. He's definitely been the most exciting rookie. So, yeah. so you just get warrior fans who kind of like get um, 
how did we pass on that guy? You know, uh, oh, imagine if he was next to Steph, you know, and it's like, yep. oh man, yep. this is another DeAndre Lucas situation. It was something I saw today. I was like, guys, it's a little early to go there. <laughs> but like, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's never too early on Twitter. It's never it, too early. I feel like that's oh, just, God. I feel like that's also the thing with big men in the modern NBA, unless it's a big man who has like legitimate perimeter skills. So much of what they do is just not, you know, exciting, right? Like, um, we were watching inside the NBA earlier tonight, and it's like, I'm not gonna say Chris Stapps had a good game, so or a bad game or anything, but it's like they're just harping on Chris Stapps to like go post up and act like he's prime <laughs> Shaq, right? When you're like in 2021, that's not really what you, um, what you want from a big man, unless it's like the rare exception, like a Joel Embiid or someone, right? So, yeah. Um, but with that said, um, I think we've been mostly happy with James Wiseman. It's just a lot of, uh, he's such a raw player. It's like, he's, you can see whatever you want when you watch him is my thing. It's like, he gives you at least two highlights a game where you're like, oh, he's like Giannis and dirt combined into one, you know? <laughs> and then he gives you like two highlights where you're like, he might be Kwame Brown. You know, like it's like that level of variance and kind of uh, just raw rookiness. And like everyone knows the story, you know, three college games get suspended and then we have the whole right. pandemic. So it's like he's basically the equivalent of a high school player to the NBA. Right. So it's just it's 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 all over the map with him. For me, I want to I want to hear what you guys think, though, is like outside observers who aren't watching every game, you know, on the edge of your seat, like Warriors fans. Well, I mean, like I said, I've only watched him a couple times this season. And when I did watch him, I mean, I, I thought he was fine. Uh, I mean, I do wonder, you know, we talked about, you know, how Rick's philosophy isn't working with this current Mavs roster. But I wonder, you know, what Steve Kerr has been used to over the years. I wonder if that philosophy is keeping, you know, Wiseman from – being utilized to to the best of his ability. I mean, what do you think about that? Now you're speaking. Now you're speaking languages that we speak, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, is the, this is the good. This is the good content. Uh, we don't like me, me personally. I think some of these players are put in good situations. Sam makes a point. Like guards are gonna well, one they're more exciting, right? And then I personally think some of these guys just put in situations to succeed. Um, like Lamelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton, and it just there's no there's no pressure on these guys. They can do whatever they want at any time. Thing with Wiseman is, especially when you're playing on the Warriors, there's so much pressure on him to be good. And yeah. and I, look, he's younger than my little sister. Like the guy, like he's, he's <laughs> like a legit. He's 19 years old, has never played a game. The last time he played a real basketball game was against five eight dudes. Like what? Like there's no it's it's tough it's tough for the guy so um and then you throw that on top of it um to your point steve kurt is putting him into a system that's not easy to pick up unless you're like unless you've it's played a in system the for veterans five years yeah it's just yeah, yeah. exactly like and, well well I'm not, kelly Oubre even then like you know he he's never gonna pick it up and, and like it's it's a system for guys like you know like like really smart vets that like marcus saw would have been perfect right like guys like that so it's a tough situation for James Wiseman. It's not like I think a lot of people thought like, oh, he's going to come in here. It's going to be easy. He's just going to get lobs all day from from Steph and Draymond. And maybe that would have been true if Clay was on the floor, maybe. But uh, he's in a tough situation. And I almost think right now the injury is good for him. Like he gets to sit for a week. He gets to sit for two weeks. He gets to watch basketball and slow down a little bit. Um, and I think it'll be good. But uh, it is it is it is interesting to hear that you guys do like him um, watching from the outside because we have been hearing the same from a lot of people that aren't like zoned in on the Warriors all day. Who aren't overreacting to every <laughs> dropped pocket pass? You know, it's like yeah, that's that's exactly. the thing. Sometimes you can be such a um, victim yeah. of uh, you know like micro analyzing every possession to mean way yeah. too much. Right. That's what we went through uh, early this season with uh, Jalen Brunson. Right, you know, because he he didn't play in the bubble. He had a, a shoulder injury uh, last season that ended his his year, and then you know he struggled out of the gates, and now he's like on pace for a fifty forty ninety season. He's been a Ooh. just a real pleasant surprise uh, this year. But yeah, we you can't microanalyze little things like that, uh, especially for younger guys. And if there's something, if you think that you know they're not being utilized correctly 
Uh, you just have to give it time and see how it goes. But look, I'll let Matt talk on this and give his thoughts, but just the Warriors in general, you know, I, I feel like in my opinion where I had them, you know, uh, before the season started, even after, um, even after the clay news broke that he got injured, I feel like they've overachieved a little bit to this point, even as good as Steph is as good as Draymond has been. Well, maybe not has been, but he was tonight. I haven't kept up with him <laughs> throughout the season, but I feel like, you know, they've really surpassed a lot of people's expectations to this point. Uh, Matt, I mean, do you feel the same way as, as, as much as you've watched of them so far? Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched a good deal of them, but um, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, when you have someone like Steph, um, you can overcome a lot. Uh, I mean, you saw what they were like without any of their guys last year. And, you know, this, this last year, place. Yes. <laughs> and like in, in this year, it's, it's been, uh, it hasn't been much easier since Clay's been out. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you got a couple more bodies here and there, but Steph's having to carry a big load and you can see how, how much of an effect he has. I mean, he's literally, I don't care what anybody says. I mean, maybe Giannis, but I don't think there's it's a Giannis, Matt. Come on. <laughs> sorry. 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 Giannis. <laughs> Our our listeners roasted him so many times over the offseason because he said Giannis. <laughs> yeah. But uh but I don't think there's another player in the NBA where when the ball's in his hands, you're just kind of like, uh oh, oh no, oh no. And it just like affects everybody else's <laughs> mood on the floor. And I, I think that's one of the reasons the reasons the Warriors are are uh, kind of overachieving right now is just because Steph being out there and his present presence, even when he's not playing particularly well. I think it makes a huge difference in, in the outcome of the game just because of who he is. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I feel like you guys this- are more, uh, you guys, you guys get it because um, Dirk had a similar effect for most of his career that was kind of underappreciated by like just the, the, f- he got like two, two defenders on him at all times, right? Like that sort of thing. And he made a yeah. lot of guys who were, fine you know like jason terry's a fine player josh howard was a fine player there's nothing wrong with either of them i don't think either of them were nearly as good as their numbers indicated if they were not playing in a context of a guy who gets that much defensive attention at all times and i still feel like i I, steph i mean i i don't think there's anyone in the nba as a scorer who freaks out a defense the way Steph Curry does. And tonight Kelly Oubre was the beneficiary. Like, yes, Kelly Oubre hit a bunch of shots. They were wide open, but like how many layups did he get or various baskets he get as a function of like Steph running in a circle, taking three eyeballs with him. And then like, well, yes, he's an NBA player. He can, you know, if you give Kelly Oubre a, a lane, he should theoretically be able to score. Yeah. Yeah. The, the gravity of a generational talent can't be understated. I mean, it's uh, like you said with Dirk, we, we saw it for years, you know, he made chicken salad out of chicken. I'm, I won't say, I don't know if y'all are going to bleep me out or not, but you get it. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, and not saying that he didn't have some good rosters during his time, but you know, uh, especially towards the end of his career during his Shout out Ellis. Yeah. Monte Ellis. That was a fun team. I missed that team. Actually. God, I miss Monte. <laughs> so much fun but after that monte team it was just it was kind of depressing how dirk went out and that was the that was the result from the uh from the Mavs front office just not uh instead of putting pieces in place that weren't necessarily what we call big fish right you know uh, they, they went big fish hunting all the time and as a result of them failing in that they weren't able to have hardly any talent on the roster and it just it made him go out sad but anyway <laughs> kind of went down a rabbit hole there but you're right I mean having a player like like Steph who can draw so much attention and make everybody else better uh, you see the difference between when he was out last year and now he's back this year and right now the Warriors are in the playoff picture um, I really hope the Mavs can turn it around though because like I said we we spoke about this on a number of occasions towards the end of last year and then over the offseason. Last season was the last year that the Mavs weren't going to have any expectations because Luka broke through and became an all-NBA 
player and they, they right. had a now historic he's, offense and now it's like you know they're expected to do all this great stuff and now he has top 10 player expectations that the right this isn't our year thing doesn't fly anymore and and, and i mean to be fair to luca he's holding up his his end of the bargain uh as far as how he's playing personally but it's just it's unfortunate that he hasn't been able to get the help that he needs to uh have the Mavs have a better record because he's taking some critic criticism from it uh, in the national media when it's it's really not his fault. Yeah, Kill- Kendrick Perkins has not been kind to Luca uh, <laughs> over the last few weeks. Not that that really means anything yeah. for Perk, but I mean that's what happens when you're when you're someone like Luca's. Uh, you know, it's just like a quarterback in the NFL. If if your team's not playing well, it's all on you, and that's what he's facing. Well, I mean, we went through it at the beginning of the season when, like, you can tell who really disliked Steph Curry with, like, just the saliva and excitement they got out of him having, like, two bad games. Like, there's there was a specific, like, class of pundit who was like, I told you he wasn't that good. I'm like, dude, it's two games. Relax. Um, I want to actually tie it back, though. This is This was the number one topic I wrote that I wanted to discuss with you guys, and, of course, we never got to it. Um, uh, Christoph Porzingis had a pretty solid game tonight. Um, you know, I don't get, I don't care what they, the, the inside the NBA guys like it's shocking. The two greatest post-up players of all time. Think a player should post up. Like that's not like really a concern of mine, but like in general, outside of tonight, most of the Mavs games I've watched, he's been subpar. And yeah. it does seem like, I don't know if it's an injury thing or an accumulation of injuries, meaning he's now this player. Where are you guys with him? Because I said this to Andy, if Wiseman can be what Chris Stapps was pre-injury, but with superior athleticism and defense, I would be thrilled. Um, just because like a big who can space the floor and block shots is very valuable. Um, but I mean, he's, even tonight, like he, yes, he hit shots. I don't think he played particularly well. Yeah. I, uh, I've been more forgiving on KP than I think a lot of people in the Mavs universe has over the last um, few days. And, you know, since he's been back, but man, even, even now I'm starting to kind of lose it. I mean, he's had a good couple (laughs) of games, but I, I, I don't trust it. I, I don't know if he's going to go back to to what he was doing uh, before he got that tech against Atlanta, because before that, literally up to that point, he's just been terrible. And it's 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 disheartening because I've been a staunch believer this entire season that I mean, because people have been mentioning him in trade ideas for the Mavs. And, you know, that's that's just how it goes when a player is playing bad. But I've been very firm that I don't want anything to happen to him in a trade. I don't care who it's for. Well, and I mean. It's, and I mean, look, he he's struggled a little bit, but I think it's another. It goes back to how, like, the Mavs overall team struggles are kind of putting more of a magnifying glass on KP, because if you look at his stats after eleven or twelve games last season when he came back, uh, and it was the first time he had played in like two years from that ACL injury. I mean, he's actually doing, you know, just from an overall stat standpoint, average standpoint, he's doing about as well as when he came back uh, last season. So it takes him a little bit to get going. The The big issue with KP, though, is like once he does get going, once he does get it rolling, can he hold up? Because it seems like every time he gets it going and, he, you know, we see what we saw in the, uh, the NBA bubble where he was – he made the all-bubble first team and <laughs> – <laughs> he's putting up 34 and 13 against the Clippers in the playoffs. And then, you know, he tears his meniscus and then you have to start the rehab process all over again. And he has to work his way back and yada, 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 you know, it just goes on and on. So that's the biggest thing with KP is like when he, he, cause I have no doubt he will get it going again. It's just, can he, can he get it going and stay healthy? But I'm from, from a warrior's perspective or just the outsider perspective, perspective from you guys like what do you think about kp as far as like do you think he can be a a second star on a championship team because i mean like matt said we've been kind of forgiving of you know his shortcomings thus far but i'm kind of at the point where i don't know if he can be i 
I'm going to radio show host this one. But, uh, <laughs> I, man, he looks soft to me. Like, I just, I, to me, it's just like, look, I get right, it. I get, yeah, I know. I get the, I, and it's like, I don't even want him to post up. Like, I get it, man. Like, it's 2021. Like, that's not what we're doing, right? <laughs> but he's got a stroke. I Look, look, James Wiseman doesn't have a stroke that looks as nice as, uh, as KP. Not oh, nearly as quick. Not yeah. nearly as, like, that thing is beautiful. Um, but, like, Either the injuries guys have taken a hold of him physically or, or just maybe he just doesn't care about defense. He kind of like I, I know there was stuff with him, you know, in New York where he kind of didn't want to play the five. Playing the five is grueling. Right. Um, Some of the stuff tonight where it's just like I'm watching Draymond. It, I think Draymond was just like, yeah, hell yeah. Give me KP like this. Like, give it, yeah. give it, give it, give it, give it, give it all. Like I want it because like he's not posting him up. He's not making him work. Like KP's thing is just like he'll space and he'll make it tough for big men, right? And Draymond's not really like a big guy. I, I just is he gonna be a second? I don't I don't think he's even like I can you like I but I think part of that's injuries though. Like part of that I don't think is his fault. Like to me, it kind of feels like the guy has had so many injuries that he kind of can't be that second star anymore. But um yeah, and I mean, like I said, like when he went at the beginning of last season too, it was the same thing, you know, he was he was more tentative on the on the def- defensive end. You know, he he wasn't blocking as many shots. His lateral movement just wasn't there. Yeah. But then, you know, as the season progressed, and then especially when they came back for the bubble, he was just a monster. You know, he was moving a whole lot better. He was swatting shots left and right, you know, staying in front of people. So I, I really do think it may be an injuries taking its toll kind of thing. You know, somewhere in the back of his mind, he's thinking, okay, I'm best utilized at the five, but what if I get hurt again? You yeah. know, because it's yeah. happened so it's like many AD. times. It's like AD, right? Like AD needs a guy next to him so he doesn't get hurt. Like he needs Mark until it's the playoffs. And I was going to throw this in. Um, I might be a little more optimistic on KP, but like to me, yeah, like in the bubble – uh, at least before, you know, he left the bubble. Uh, um, he looked awesome. He looked like pretty much exactly what you'd want from a center. And a player I'd feel very confident being the second best player on the team. Maybe you need a third scorer on the team, but like a player who's very much worth his contract. Um, but it just feels like he's in a cycle of rehab. Like I want to see him have three straight years without an injury because he's clearly yeah. talented enough. Um, he's got the touch. He has feel too, but it's like too often. Is it always like I'm coming off of a knee thing? I'm coming off of uh, another knee thing or whatever it may be. And you can see where he looks slow tonight. He looked slow, but I've also seen this specific version of KP block Draymond at the rim you know maybe his knee feels a little better on another night and he closes a little harder because the the beauty of being seven eight or whatever the hell he is uh is uh you don't need to move as fast as Draymond to to block the layup you just you need to be able to close on him right so for me it's it's completely a health question because um the skill set still is unicornish you know however uh overused that term is as always, uh, but none of it matters if he can't stay healthy. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I mean, I think that's tonight, a cycle that. Sorry, but I, I think that's a cycle that you can't continue to let play out after a certain amount of time, because you're going to you're going to start losing the team. I think if if this kind of right. thing keeps happening, and you're always like, well, when we get KP back, when we get KP back, when we get KP back, and then he gets hurt hurt again. So it's it's just it's a it's a vicious cycle and it's one that I don't know if they can keep you know affording to to risk their their future on. It's just it's not worth I'm, it to me anymore. I'm actually surprised. You know, like you said, he he had a pretty decent game tonight, but you know that that shows you how how dire of a situation the Mavs are in right now because KP doesn't play back to backs, and he right. did tonight. <laughs> you know, so. That that never happens. Is, so he's, is is that a uh, because they want to start playing him or because like they're just they, they want to be play. they want to be cautious because they don't want something to happen. The, well, the idea before they started this season, I think they're what eight and or no nine and nine 14 and fourteen. Now. 
So the thought was, okay, he won't play back-to-backs, and, you know, you lessen your chances of something happening to him before you get to the playoffs. You know, get to the playoffs with KP completely healthy. Well, now what do you do? If you're <laughs> if you're making up ground the rest of this season and just clawing to get into the playoffs, I mean, how's that going to work, you know? I don't know. It, it's a bad situation right now. You're going to end up playing the Lakers, and you're going to get stomped. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> It might not even make the playoffs, Matt. I mean, yeah, that'd be a disaster, though. I I really hope they get it together or they make a trade or, you know, do something. Uh, Do something to shake it up and inject some energy into this team because that would just be an absolute disaster if this team missed the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're at with the Warriors. Two different spots. You have a young star who hasn't committed long-term um well i mean he hasn't even got an extension so we don't need to start going down that road but uh (laughs) on the other hand the warriors have i mean steph is one of the two or three best players of the last decade um transcendent all-time player and he's turning 33 in a couple months and we with the warriors feel like you know as exciting as james wiseman is will james wiseman realize his all-star potential before steph turns 36 Like these are conversations we have where it's, I don't want to compare it to Dirk too much, but like it's similar where you're dealing with like, how all in do you want to go? Because you have a player that you, you know, it may be a long, long time before the Warriors have someone ever as good as Steph Curry. Right. Like, um, it's one of those things where it's like, everyone wants to pull the spurs where it's like, oh, we're just going to draft a guy and he's going to extend our dynasty for another eight years, you know? <laughs> um, but, like, you and I both know that's that's not how it normally works. And th- that's kind of the thing that the Warriors are dealing with where we're kind of like, I really like James Wiseman. I think he's had a very good rookie year, all things considered. But at what point do we look at the fact that Steph Curry's still – one of the two or three best players in the NBA. He's still very, you can very clearly build a title contender around him. Let's at minimum, he's shown he's still that guy. And, you know, they're not competing this year because Clay's hurt, but when are they, you know, you can't just do the let's develop Wiseman for 2024 thing either. Yeah. I mean, look, as much as, as much as I like Wiseman, I think if you could do something like with the Washington Wizards <laughs> and end up getting Bradley Beal with some kind of trade package, I mean, I, I'd do that in a heartbeat because, like you said, you you do want to maximize uh, the rest of Steph's prime, which, I mean, I, I can see he's still in his prime. I know he's 33, but, I mean, I definitely still think he's in his prime. He is. Um, so, I mean, I, I think you put another player by him like Beal and then you get Clay Thompson back and – you know, if Draymond can play like he's been playing, I think you have, you know, another championship contender. So that's, that's what I would do. Uh, the question is, though, if you can't do that, I mean, <laughs> you, you want to push the right buttons because like we saw with Dirk, you know, they swung for the fences so many times trying to keep him in contention. And, I mean, when they whiffed, it just – it made everything – it was a snowball effect, and it just got worse and worse. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it – it's hard. It's a hard conversation to have, but I mean, if I, if I was in that position with Steph Curry, I would, I would go all out and try to get a guy like Bill. I actually, we, and, and, and we'll get you out of there after this one, but I think, uh, I don't think they'll do that. <laughs> I don't think they'd and do that's that. a different, I, I don't, that's a different conversation in another yeah, two hours. <laughs> that's, yeah. and, I, and I think that's, that's what the, I think that's what the Warriors are trying to avoid. And I think you can argue that's right or wrong. And I think you'd be right. Both sides. Like, I think both sides could be correct. You Like you just genuinely don't know if you knew then anybody could do their job. Right. Like, well, I guess anybody could be Kirk or Kent. You just got to be born into being. And the, look, <laughs> and look, I'm perfectly fine with the Warriors not doing that because I have my own personal Bradley Bill dreams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for the Mavericks. So Mark seems like he'd do uh, it though in a second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope they do something here quick because it's yeah. uh it's it's you guys can have Kelly Oubre. 
Maybe an unprotected future first, maybe. I mean, yeah, you know, I'll, the Mavs. I'll, I'll keep him. I, I'm, I'm not a big. Uh, <laughs> ah, okay. I'm not a big fan, but you know, yeah. uh, it's probably the best thing they're gonna be able to do next offseason anyway. So <laughs> he has to, he has to actually see the Maverick uniform in front of him ah. to maximize his abilities. So I don't think wearing it would do much. I'd probably make it worse, actually. <laughs> well, I can't get any worse actually than shooting five percent from three, but. You guys can this have was, it. This was fun, guys. We, we need to do this again sometime. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a good time. Uh, you guys are awesome, man. We appreciate it. And, and we're back Saturday, so we'll see you guys. <laughs> yeah. so we'll see how that one goes, huh? Oh, man. Hopefully, it's uh, it's a little bit more entertaining overall game next overall. time. Because uh, second half was just brutal.